I've always felt different. I've always seen things, but when I tried to express them as a child, I was always told to ignore it. There were people that I didn't know that came to me and said, I have this message that I keep getting that I have to deliver to you. All of a sudden, out of the shadows, a homeless man just jumped right in front of me, and he said, I'm a soul just like you. I love it. I wanted to understand the universe and who and what we are and what are we doing here. Well, we're all part of this amazing soul wave tapping into each other. This was a major life changer. You are a light. You have helped me a ton. Thank you. You've given me the courage to live more from my soul. Millions of people are awakening. So wake up with Michelle Miche. Be pleased to hear the best-selling authors and experts in the fields of cutting-edge self-help, personal growth, metaphysics, and spirituality. The soul path of awakening. Understand what living awake is. Hello, soul lights. Um, ooh, I'm having my own little Mercury retrograde. <laughs> oh, no, I've just been editing, uploading, publishing to Patreon, and then to um, the Soul Awakening community over there. You guys got to check it out. Um, and to Soul Insights and Tarot on YouTube. So I've been kind of in that world. Um, getting my decaf cortado. I am kind of obsessed with those right now, the cortados. What are you guys drinking? What are you eating? Are you on the go? Get your beverage. Get wherever you are. Get what gets you comfy. Um, so if you hear me moving in the background, I am getting my decaf coffee together. All right, those getting in the chat, it'll be a little later. Just put the chat up. Um, if you want to listen by phone, that number is 347-539-5122. 347-539-5122. And press 1 on the keypad if you want a reading or to say hello. Love to connect with you, 347-539-5122. Press 1 on the keypad. So, got to give shout-outs, got to give shout-outs and proppies, little props here um, to people that have been so helpful and supportive. Of I want to give a shout-out to Megan Jenkins, if you're listening. She is a Soul Insights um, and tarot subscriber and hopefully she's listening also to awakenings i'm not sure so you hear this but um i just wanted to thank her i already sent her you an email but i just wanted to thank you so kindly sent me some information to help me with my website and offered to support and gave some really great um information about my site now some of you know my site has been it still works like people get um you know, you can still go to my site. It still works. I'm not able to just get in the back end of it. We haven't for like a year and a half. And some of you have heard me do my little rant on Network Solutions. Horrible, horrible company. I would not use them uh, for hosting. And we, I got with them so long ago, I think like 2014, maybe 2011. Uh, so years later because one of my friends said oh yeah they have a bad reputation for hosting and i'm like yeah well that's sometimes the bad thing about being an early adopter of things because right around that time must have been 2011 because it was just right as instagram was coming out more and what was what was really cool and i really liked it was called um blog uh blog sites 
and so it was based on Instagram, the Instagram grid, but it was based on a blog. And since I'm a writer and I'm an author and I love writing, I said that's what I want. And I wanted it before it came out. That was my dream, my goal, was to have these just bright, you know, big, bold images with just a little bit of text, and then you click on it, and then there's the whole blog post. Some of you may not remember this because you're, you know, younger or newer to website technology. Um, so when that became available, my friend and designer and collaborator, one of my collaborate, creative collaborators, jumped in and said, okay, there's the technology to do it now, and also to have .life instead of .com. And that was through Network Solutions. Now, apparently they're okay if you get your, you know, your um, URL through them, but horrible for hosting. I mean, I've had more problems with them. And my first website was in 1999, so I'm not a newbie to this. <laughs> I've been like, you know, Hostway was a great company. Um, there was, they just were not progressive enough to some things that I wanted to do design-wise. So um, anyway, now we're rebranding, reinventing. We're doing something really special that I'm so excited. It either launches mid, mid to end of February or beginning of March. Um, really excited to be able to support people on their path in a really innovative way. So, um, But anyway, shout out to Megan. Thank you very much for taking the time. Um, and also I really want to thank all of you that have been subscribing to Soul Insights and Tarot on YouTube as well as Awakenings with Michelle Mache podcast on YouTube. It really makes a lot, and it's making my little channel grow, and it's inspiring me even more. Um, so now I'm able to figure out more time, carve out even more time. So as a creator, I just, uh, it's always been for me the little things, you know, so even looking back as a child, I was always writing. I was writing plays. I was I danced. So I was putting on dance performances for my brother <laughs> and his friends. I remember they used to say, "Yeah, Michelle's a good. Yeah, she's good. She could be on TV." Um, directing plays, starting clubs, uh, writing books. I think my first little book I wrote was at age eight, and I bound it myself and. Um, yeah, so anyway, thank you all that have taken the time to subscribe and comment. Um, thank you all that have given uh, five-star reviews. If you're not giving a five-star review, no no offense, don't bother, okay, because it just messes things up. The whole idea is to inspire and support. Um, if you do have positive, good criticism for me, critical criticism for me, you can always email me at awakeningspodcast at gmail.com or info at, self, uh, info at soulplayground.life. You know what's so weird? I've been going back in my past, even in the readings. February reading, by the way, is, it will be um, ready for you to view tomorrow, 5.55 a.m. Pacific time. The 2024 uh, projections, what's next on your soul path, is up and ready for you on Soul Insights and Tarot. And I also dived um, into the numerology, into your personal year, and I'm, I'm really happy with those um, readings. But yeah, it's so weird. I keep saying, like I was saying, I accidentally said December and then November. Um, so I, you know what's weird? Because the, the, the collective numerology energy is an eight cycle. 
it's a 448 to be exact, which all is about reviewing. So I should write these dates down and go, what was I doing at that time? What did I say, November, December in 2024? But, um, yeah, I need to look at that. 1999. You guys should do that too. Look at the key years that come up for you. And and then, you know, look and see what was going on at that time. Like for me, 20, what did I say, 2011, 2014. Um, some of these do have astrological aspects to them too. Okay, also as promised, I am going to get to readings, 347-539-5122. But as promised, I am going to finish uh, with talking about Pluto and Aquarius and how it's affecting your rising sign. Um, if you know your rising sign, or you can use this for sun, moon, uh, your sun and moon sign also. But if you know your rising sign, that's going to tell you which house is affected. And let me tell you, baby, in astrology, it's all about the houses because the houses have to do with the areas in your life that are affected. So if you know what area or areas in your life are going to be most affected, then that's the whole idea of the transit. So it's not just the, you know, the sign and the, you know, the planet um, and how are they aspecting. It's the houses. You want to look at the houses. So we'll do that. Then I'll uh, get to the phones. Uh, we got a great guest coming on. Sounds interesting. Talking about creativity, uh, which I've been diving in on because I work with a lot of creatives of all levels and being a creative myself, a creative, an artist. Um, visual artist too, photography, jewelry making, some sketching, used to be a dancer, was an actress and a model. So I've always been in the cre creative field to some um, degree and then having my own uh, TV show back in the day. Uh, but I've been kind of vibing on having to have this pull-out time, which can be very hard for people to do unless you're creative. And let me give you like a little juice here, guys, a little soul juice I'm calling it, okay? Do you like that name, by the way, soul juice? Um, your soul is a creative, okay? To some degree, we're co-creating our reality. Now, the, the, the cosmic joke is, a lot of people don't realize that, that we have the ego part of us that has a lot of conditioning, and then we have the soul, the soul destiny. And I had a wonderful subscriber, I think a new subscriber, shout out if you're listening, big hug to you, that said, why is he not able to manifest what he wants? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you guys straight. If it's not in your soul design, you won't manifest it. This is why understanding yourself is so important. This is why I do Patreon. This is why I've done these kind of workshops about manifesting from your soul, your soul design, for years. Because you can find in your life circumstances the abundance you want, the prosperity, the love, the fulfillment, the health, the wealth, whatever it is. If you understand your soul and the way your soul wants to get it and what is really actually open to you to do, the problem is, is what happens is we look side to side, and I do too, and we have, you know, people get influenced on TV. And then if you know your chart, like my Mars is in the 12th house. A, a, a very wise person, 
that actually later became a client of mine. I was so honored. But a really good astrologer, because she also had Mars uh, in the 12th house, said, you're not going to be able to push things. And in fact, if you push or try to do things like a lot of people do, you'll end up messing up your timelines and you'll end up pushing things away. And that is so true. It's like you got to know you. This is why we have all these tools. This is why for thousands of years that there's been all these kinds of tools to help us navigate the earth plane. Because, like, there are some people really in their soul, it doesn't matter. They can make a lot of money. It doesn't matter what they do because they don't care. It's all about the money for them. But if that's not your soul, you're not going to be able to thrive. Like me, I cannot. There's plenty of things I have been offered. I have been offered whole businesses that my soul just went, eh. I felt a crinkling in my chest, in my stomach. And I look back and, you know, I remember years ago I was offered by a very well-known company, this, uh, clothing and shoe company. And this is back in the day. So this is like, this would have been 20, this would have been, um, I think, 95 or something, 95 or 94, I was offered a job, $250,000 a year. That's not, that, back then especially, that, it, even now that's a lot of money. I turned it down because I felt that I could feel the disharmony between the husband and wife and the child. I didn't like how the guy was cheating the child, and I knew it doesn't matter if I got that much money for a year, I would leave because I would have stepped in in how the behavior was going. And all my friends were like, oh, my God, take a bird in hand. Why would you turn it down? And they did get divorced, and it was a nasty divorce. I saw ahead as a psychic channel. I'm like, I don't want to be in the middle of this. And I even told the guy. I told him that's why. I said, you, you don't have the integrity to work with me. I'm sorry. I, I can't. They didn't quite understand it. But I was like, I, I, I explained to him. I was like, you know, I have a very, you know, I have my my modeling. I could take off three, four months. I took off three three years at one point. I'm like, I have my, you know, psychic work that I do, my clients. I do workshops. I do healing work. I said, I right now I have a really good life. And I told him, I said, it has to be something very spectacular to get me. Now, working for myself, yeah, money up and down, all around, feast or famine sometimes, or back in the day it was like that. You know, um, but you got to understand who you are, what you what you're about in your life, and this is why a lot of people do not manifest what they think they want because it's coming from the ego or it's coming from conditioning. And if you are more consciously on a path, it's going to be very difficult for you to manifest that way. If you're not consciously on a path, you can you can manifest more from the ego or even manifest from fear. It's just because we're always manifesting. That's what we're here to do, to make visible what is unseen, making it visible, making you know, bringing our ideas to light, bringing things into form. That's what we're doing on the earth plane. You know, you got feelings of love. You meet someone, and now you have a relationship. You manifest a relationship. So it's going to be more and more and more and more and more and more and more important that people understand the soul. And I've been speaking on it for a very long time, and I'm so glad that I can speak about it more because people are, like, more receptive now. You're going to see falling by the wayside. First of all, celebrity culture. Falling by the wayside. This idea of I'm an influencer. What does that even mean, falling by the wayside? People 
oh, you can attract anything you want. You can manifest falling by the wayside because people are going to start waking up. It's it's just like also like this saying like, oh, the American dream, you can become a billionaire. I'm not saying you can't or millionaire or multimillionaire, but you have to look with what is within reason are you willing to do unless it's like a lottery or something. What are you willing to do to work for that? That's, That's not the measure of success in the spirit realm or from the soul. It's not just about money. It's not just about security. It's not just about relationships. It's about your soul expression, your divine question and answer within you. The God is, the all that is, the universe through you is working out a problem, is creating something new. So you're formatted for something specific. And now people are ready to hear that because it, it's a, it, on an ego level, that's a limitation. You know, um, but once you know, oh, I'm not cut out for that or I'm only going to do that for a few months or a year to get the resonance, that's another thing people don't realize, is a lot of times we're in situations just to get the resonance. But that's not our whole mission. Like my mission, though I loved it, was not the modeling or acting or even teaching children's school. But what it did is it gave me the resonance to work with actors, models, you know, celebrities, aristocrats, all these people because I was, I kind of, I, it's like resonance, it's like you get a little bit of stuff on you, a little bit of that, their gel, that gel, that light. It's not about them, it's about the resonance energetically. And everything that I learned, then I can bring it into what I do, how I do what I do. A lot of people do what I do, but they do it in their own way. So once people start realizing this, as we get more squeezed in, the, in this new, by this new emergent consciousness that's coming in and the actions, people are going to be going, okay, what am I really meant to do? How am I meant to do this? Because for a lot of people, trying to do it the way someone else does it, isn't working, you know, and there's a lot of shame around that. You even see it on YouTube, on the readings. Oh, you're not manifesting this because you have a negative thought. You're coming from fear. That's BS. That's not why you're manifesting something. I have seen multimillionaires and billionaires with a lot of stress in my life, with a lot of fear, but and they're manifesting. I've even heard them telling me, you know, they've even told me, some of them, I, I just fear it's all going to be taken away. I just fear I'll never have enough. Or I, don't want, I have a fear I'll die, you know, lonely without any money. Or I have a fear, you know, that I won't be able to pass this on to my kids. These are billionaires I'm talking about. I'm sitting down having dinner with them and they're opening up to me. Or it's in session. Or millionaire or multimillionaire. So don't anybody tell, don't let anybody tell you you can't manifest with fear. What, what people do, just like a good actor, stage actor, is they learn to transmute that energy. So it is a lie. Stop thinking about, oh, I can't think negative thoughts. That's not what's stopping you, unless it's chronic, unless it's a chronic belief backed up by a certain behavior. That's why I do the hypnotherapy and the subconscious inner work is so important, because that can trip you up. But if you understand, like any millionaire, billionaire, multimillionaire, the, the great actors and musicians that I've worked with, stage actors, oh, I feel they had fear. Oh, this is the biggest role I've had. I'm up for an, I'm, you know, I, it's a potential Academy Award-winning role, and I'm scared shitless. 
they transmuted that energy gang. Transmutation is the way to go. We are never going to get rid of fear. It's wired in us instinctually. Now, we can mitigate it. We can make it less. So, you know, everybody's going to have to begin to get into self-responsibility about common and also common sense. Ask yourself, oh, if I have a ne- depression for a while or negative thought or I get angry, common sense if you don't live in that space, how is that going to affect you? If you have a bad day, a bad week, a bad few years, that's not the totality of you. You have to learn how to transmute the energy. That's why I do the Soul Awakening Patreon community and Soul Study Group. We look, I share and teach how to do this. You transmute it. I'm not, you know, I'm not creating anything new. It's alchemical principles, metaphysical principles, but it's also principles of people like feel the fear and do it anyway. It's it's the actor that says, you know, I'm thinking of, well, I'm not going to say the names because these are household names you'll know. One person I'm thinking of says they were doing some play. They had done all these movies and then they, their, their dream was to do a Broadway play, very well-known play, and they told me, oh, every day I, I, I get such stage fright I throw up I go in the side there's a pail and I'm thinking to myself well then I wouldn't do it and I'm like well how do you manage they go I don't know I just throw up I fear that I'm going to you know miss my lines my cue my cue and I forget my lines and then I just go on stage and, and somehow everything's fine and I asked them did you ever lose your lines and they said yes one time I go in I I forgot I blanked out and the person cued me did it, that I was the other actor said something and it was fine. And they said, but that happens. So do you see that person didn't stop? That person didn't go, oh, because I have some fear, or I have stage fright, or I've, I've you know lost my lines. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not manifesting. No, they just are like fear is a natural product. This is kind of how I am. I get stage fright, but put it to the side. This is how I deal with it and go on. So I don't know why I'm fired up saying that with you guys, but I just feel there's going to be many more experiences starting this year that it's like pedal to the metal, you know. It's like you're going to be pressed or pushed to not believe little cliches, little platitudes, little whippy-dippy sayings, and you're going to get deeper. You're going to get in the meat and... The, the grind, you're going to get into the below the crust of things and go, listen, what the hell is really real and let's do it. And that a lot, by the way, is the transformative energy of that Pluto. Because Pluto, ruling Scorpio, wants to get deep. It wants to, it transforms, it transmutes energy and transforms and doesn't like to gloss over. It's like, if this is a problem, what's the real solution? It's like I don't want surface solutions. So I would just say start looking around in your life right now, like what has been a surface solution for you? What have you believed that either has given you a cop-out or is like you'd have to be so perfect in your life to have anything? You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, sometimes I listen to things on you know online or I read something and I'm like, Jesus, you'd have to be so perfect not have a negative thought, a bad thought, you know, you have to be the perfect weight, the perfect hair, the whatever perfect is in, in this prefab world 
of spirit of sometimes of the surface newbie spirituality you'd have to do yoga every day not miss a day you know and and wake up smelling like rainbows it's like come on gang nobody is like that stop buying in to what is not only not real but not possible you know i love this story i know someone that works personally with the dalai lama and he told me that he saw somebody get i don't know what the guy did he fumbled and something he made a mistake and i'm not saying hitting i've never hit i'm not a proponent of hitting but the dalai lama did dunk him and that is a very eastern thing they do those teachers and sages some of them even with paddles on the feet you know but anyway he he hit he lost his temper and whapped him on the side of the head and then he kind of stepped back and kind of then like a little shock i guess and then laughed and then waved waved his hand now and maybe the Dalai Lama isn't such a, in light of what he, <laughs> his recent appearances and things he's done, you know, in the social, in the social world, social media world. But what I'm just trying to say, gang, is really just start giving yourself a break and start going, hey, I may be this, I may be that, that but I, I'm not waiting anymore to be this perfect illusion of myself to get what I want. Yes, get therapy, do courses and classes and workshops and work with someone, a mentor, a teacher. That's important. That is The mentoring, apprenticeship is important. But don't stop your life waiting until something is perfect. And that code and coding is definitely going to be cracked. All right, gang, 347-539-5122 is the number. And, um, oh, Jay Styling, you're multitasking. Very cool. All right, let's look at um, if you are Aries rising. So we're looking at Pluto in Aquarius. If you're Aries rising, this is going to be, um, ooh, weight is the weight. I like that. Be wise. Ooh, that's a goodie. Good one. Maybe it it weighs us down, right? Wow. Yeah, I think it does. Let's see who else is in the chatty. That's so true. It weighs us down. So if you have Aries rising, this Pluto is going to be transiting um, your 11th house. Friends, soul tribe, new dreams, groups. This is time for a new vision and what supports you and what fulfills you. It's also time to extend out more into community, into the world. Um, For some of you, it could even be some kind of leadership position. Expect new um, new dream, new vision, but also new people on your path. I'm just going to go through these quickly. I dive deep into these on Patreon. Taurus, it's your 10th house. It's all about changes in your not only your career, but your destiny, your life focus. Um, you're going to be having Taurus rising a paradigm shift. And this paradigm shift is going to also bring about changes in your approach to life and what's important to you. For some of you, this is going to be some career change, quite a big career change. Um, Gemini rising, it's in your ninth house of philosophy and writing. Uh, You're going to feel the need to extend or expand or explore. Some of you, this will be mental exploration, psychological, philosophical, spiritual. You're going to be asking some big questions. Now, this cycle, right, you're going to be looking at, What's the bigger picture in my life? A lot of you are going to use your Gemini ability 
of moving out of non-duality to, to connect into the oneness and also perhaps even to share this through mediums such as uh, writing or speaking or something that goes out into broad publication. Cancer, it's in the eighth house for you. Now, this is a deep dive transition. What you're going to be asking yourself is who's there with me, how and who's supporting me and how. You're also going to be doing a deeper dive emotionally and looking for more emotionally um, fulfilling relationships, soulmate, kindred spirit relationships. A lot of you may also be doing some deep dives into uh, the occult, um, spirituality, maybe even develop more of your psychic abilities as well. If you are Leo rising, this is affecting your seventh house. That's the transiting through your seventh house. This is all about relationships and understanding, give and take, reciprocity. This is also going to be aware of, bring an awareness of the importance of relationship and how do you balance your life, your needs, your self-expression with the other, whether that's significant others, friends, family, who you're connecting with or collaborating with. And in fact, you're going to feel a need, a deep soul need to want to collaborate with people, to want to bring more partnerships into your life, especially those of you that have been doing a lot of solo work. Now, if you are Virgo rising, this, will, this transit will be in your sixth house. And this is going to bring, uh, for you, can bring some issues around uh, health, healing. Um, ooh, be wise. Words are my sword. I like that. Um, this, Virgo rising, sixth house. This is also going to bring a look at your routine. Like, is your routine dragging you down or as in the chat said waiting the weight is the weight what's weighing you down so there will be somehow changes to your routine some of you at this time may be more connected to pets or companion or what we call a familiar you're familiar you know a, a pet that's an, an aspect of you um, being in nature also will be very important and also your mental emotional health um, you're, if you work a lot Virgo rising, then you're going to have to say, am I working too much to a point that there's an imbalance and there could be burnout? So a lot changing with your routine and your scheduling. Um, Libra, this is coming into your fifth house. Libra rising, it'll be affecting your fifth house. Now, fifth house we all know as, oh, children, you know, love relationships, dating. Um, This is dating. This is Fun, but you're going to be learning how to have more fun, believe it or not. The transformation for you is about authentic expression and more creativity. This can bring a focus on children, either having children, nurturing children, adopting children. Um, sometimes it can bring issues with children um, also or projects. It, it's, with, with Libra Rising, you're going to focus more on projects and releasing this new creative aspect of you from a soul level. It's almost like peeling a banana and then this, you know, this peeling off the layers, um, especially because you had, you know, the last transit was Pluto and Capricorn. So you've done a lot of inner work. It's now time to shine and, and share more of yourself in an authentic way. Uh, for Scorpio rising, it's going to hit your fourth house. You're going to be going through a lot of what Libra went through, except that 
you know, Pluto for you is in Aquarius, where for Libra it was in Cappy. But Scorpio in the fourth house is you're going to be doing Scorpio rising, a lot of deep dives. This is about mother issues, maybe taking care of a mother if it's at that time. How do you mother yourself, nurturing childhood um, gifts? What did you get from your family of origin? What are the gifts? What are the defaults or, you know, default position you take out of protection mechanisms? Uh, childhood wounding comes up here. Generational gifts and, we could say, wounds come up here. Fourth house is about creating a new uh, foundation, a better foundation from which you can thrive, a foundation based more on your soul and less on wounding and condition response patterns. Some of you may move. This also brings in finding the right place, rooting, getting rooted. Where's the right place for me to be? Not just externally, your house, but internally. What's, what's right with me? How do I know I'm right with me? So it's about getting a new foundation for yourself internally and externally. Uh, those of you with Sagittarius rising or Sagittarius ascended, it's going to be hitting your third house. Um, this is a fun placement for you, Saggies. Um, this is a lot about your own creativity and for some of you maybe working more mobile, uh, mobily, mobile, um, this could bring moves, long-distance moves, this could, international moves. This can bring you around a different neighborhood. You're going to look at your social circles, um, your neighborhood. Does that support me? Does the environment I'm living in support me? This can also bring issues or reconnection with siblings, maybe that you haven't been around for a long time or you're estranged with. Um, it's bringing a healing with the siblings or close, close friends, friends that are like siblings, right? It also brings in kindred spirits, soulmate relationships. Um, so there is this idea of wanting to meet, a, I would say small groups also. Some of you could be teaching or sharing in small groups. But you're really going to be looking also similar to um, Aries rising in the 11th house, the third house, you're also going to be looking for your soul tribe or groups or people that you can kind of hang with and share life with. Capricorn rising or Capricorn ascendant hits your second house. It's all about self-worth, self-esteem. Many of you will be creating a new structure of income, of how you receive income. You're going to be looking at reciprocity also. You're going to be looking at how much time, energy do I put into something and what is the payoff? What am I getting back? A lot of you are going to be diving deep, looking at yourself as your own worth, your own resource, recognizing your resources. It's also going to push you to be very resourceful. For some of you, this will be resourceful that has to do financially or with money. So there's a lot to do with resources. Money can also be also with real estate can become a focus for you also. Um, those of you that are Aquarius rising, Aquarius ascendant, it's hitting your first house, sense of self, identity, you have a chance to connect in with an identity that is more soul-based and less based on what you were taught or your training or your conditioning. So the soul wants to loosen up a bit and say, hey, let's not over-identify with something like a, the human ego. So there is this widening in perspective for you. Um, it also will bring changes to the body. Many of you may change 
hair. Maybe you have a beard, you shave the beard, or you grow a beard, or a mustache, or you grow your hair long, or you grow it shorter. Do you shave it off? So there's a lot with the outer. Maybe you get tats. Maybe you, you know, laser the tats off. Maybe you get a piercing. Maybe you just change the color of your wardrobe or clothing. But something changes in your appearance, your approach. And for many of you, it will also be an energetic change that you just hold yourself differently in life and you begin to view life differently from a more expansive, maybe a bit more detached point of view, okay? Uh, Those of you with Pisces, Ascendant Pisces rising, it's the 12th house that's affected. For Pisces, this is going to be interesting also. This is a deep dive into the, um, for many of you, the unknown or the subconscious. Um, This is a time where you might feel a bit more inward or you may have more emotional fluctuations or, or feelings. Some of you may be very much opening up to your psychic ability. Some of you may develop an interest um, even in things like NLP, hypnotherapy, working with the subconscious, meditation. It's a good time for those with Pisces on the Ascendant to integrate, if you haven't already, some kind of meditative practice or way of going within or aligning within before you make decisions. Um, For Pisces, uh, Ascendant, this also brings a time of some level of completion in your life. We call it karmic completion or karmic culmination. Something will be leaving and you'll have clarity about something to really step forward in a new way in your life. For some of you, this brings maybe the rose-colored glasses come back on. Maybe you start seeing things a bit more optimistically in your life, much more hope. Definitely you'll be moving from that idea of martyrdom or holding something back or victimhood moving more into the positive. That's a lot to look at life more positively um, in this transit. All right, let's see. Anybody else? Okay, let's um, <laughs> let's get to callers. 347-539-5122. Press 1 on the keypad. Here we go. Hi, you're on air. Hi, Michelle. This is Stacy and... Um, just wanted to know. Hi. Just wanted to know if you see anyone I'm gonna meet that I'm gonna really like and that's gonna like me. You know, I guess Valentine's Day is coming up, so just want to know. Well, I don't know about that soon. Are you getting out, Stacy? Well, I get out once in a while, but yeah. you know, I don't have a yeah. problem meeting somebody, but I want to meet somebody I, you know, that I'm interested well, in. I know, but there's the reason I asked. You need to get out more. That's the first thing that I got with you. You need to get out more. Yeah. So you need to widen your circle. So unless you're doing something online, which I'm not seeing that, but I would get out more and I would get out more into widen your circle. And I don't see anybody unless there's a divine intervention for Valentine's Day. I don't see anyone in February. Um but that's the message that I'm getting for you. If you get out more, get out more in circles that you, you know, enjoy. Widen your circle, but activities that you enjoy. You will meet someone. Okay. Okay? All right, Stacy. take care. Okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. Hi, you're on, hi, you're on air. Hello. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. How are you? I'm doing great. Who am I speaking with? Catherine from New York. Hi, Catherine. Hi. 
I was wondering, please, you, you were touching on creativity, and I do have a creative project that I would like to move forward, actually several. I have one that mm-hmm. starts with the letter M, like Mary. Mm-hmm. I was wondering mm-hmm. if you feel it being a good match for me to partner up with this man, Vincent, to get it out into the world, like I bring him the idea and, you know, he helps me get it off the ground type thing. Why do I get a limitation with that? Are you not sure about this person or what, what is? Yeah, I, I feel I, like, like part the... of me feels, yes. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I feel like it, there might be something off or not quite right. And I don't think, I don't feel it's maybe the right match. Is that what you're feeling? Uh I'm feeling that, and I'm feeling like, I don't know, maybe like a little low self-esteem on my part. Um, like yeah. you're holding back. With yeah, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Have you ever thought of um, crowdfunding or something else? Because I feel like this is going to come up for you. That sometimes you connect with people, but it's it's either it isn't right, or you're feeling that it's not right. You're not sure about having a partner, is what I'm getting. Yeah, that that seems that seems accurate. Yeah, like because the past hurts. Yeah, yeah. So I think I don't know about partnership with you. It may be that you have someone that you that helps you that you either pay or you do some kind of barter or trade. But and maybe look at a different way of getting the funds, because I when I tune in, I feel like it's more you. You're not sure you want a partner, and I would say a bigger part of you doesn't want a partner. You're you're very leery of that. So maybe you need to find yeah mm-hmm. maybe you need to find a way that feels better for you or more in alignment to you in partnering. Because the way you're trying to do it now isn't suiting you. I can see it with the subconsciously. You're like, you're like, wow. no. It's like there's a saying that I learned when I lived in Italy, and I, they told me I don't know how to say it in Italian anymore. But the gist of it is, like it, like people in the relationship, the push pull. The saying goes, "You're pulling me forward with your arms." So picture grabbing someone by the arms, your hands go around their arms, and you're pulling me forward with your arms, but you're pushing me away with your feet. That's what I feel you're doing. Wow. You're pulling. Yeah, isn't that powerful? Got to give it to the Italians. It's so funny. I just got back from Italy. I just got back from Italy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I'm learning more and more not to censor. I'm like, this, it came up, I see the person, I'm in Italy, and I thought, damn, that's a good saying, a good analogy. <laughs> and it just, it's so perfect for you, Catherine. So figure out, honor yourself and kind of tune in and figure out what's a way that I could have support or help, but it's not a full-on partnership or it's, or it's limited to something, you know, and you can get also money or right. funds in a different way. Okay. Right, right. That's an important wow. thing because we're moving into this phase of, uh, well, we've already been, which I predicted in around 2011. Now it has a name for it. They call it solo business person. 
and that person may have yeah. no more than people that they're working with. Yeah, and a lot of the, a lot of people in the solo business world either work with someone short period of time or on a limited basis, either trade, barter, or financially money, or you work with the like a like a Skillshare or Fiverr or something. You just hire someone for what you need. But I feel for you, maybe it is about just even a, a good friend or somebody and helping you do it, maybe through the uh, crowdfunding. But have yeah. a feel on it. Have a think on that and see, okay, because it's not working. It's not going to work the way you want to do it because you really are pulling someone. You're pulling it forward with the arms but pushing with the feet away. And that's, and that's why it's, just, it's not gelling. Yeah, in Italian, I think you'd say it. Me tire cui razza me mande cui pere. Ooh, yeah. beautiful, Catherine. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a it's a great thing, great analogy, great metaphor. All right, keep us yeah. posted. Let us know how it unfolds for you. How you, what you come up with? Okay. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much. God bless you. You're thank welcome. you and much love. Thank you. Much love. Bye. Hi, you're on air. Hi, Michelle. This is Owen. Hey, Owen. Hello. hello hey. Hello. Long time no talk. <laughs> I know. Long, long time. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> so I am calling about uh, work for this New Year. Uh, I've kind of taken an extended, I took an extended break from working. Break or something? Getting, yes. Um, And I'm getting fast into it. Um, And I'm I'm trained as a massage therapist and I'm thinking uh, I'm going to get licensed here in the state that I'm living. Um, Okay. Yeah, I'm also, so I, that's kind of the main thing that I, yeah. You've got to change, you're hiding your talent. Well, here's the deal. For sure, do you, do you know your rising sign or your ascendant? Aquarius, yeah. Oh, sense of identity, the body looking yeah. at things. So there's a, yeah, I feel there's a there's a project you're gonna you need to roll the dice on to put yourself more out there. I don't see you staying with massage. Hmm. Okay. It's time to take right. a risk. So you can do the massage. I feel is your transitional. Where you're great at it. Maybe integrate yeah. some energy work. But I also yes, feel there's sure. something else. There's a creative part of you that wants to come out more, and I think you need to focus. You need to integrate that in what you're doing. It's, what is, is it my that? music? Mm. I, no. Well, I, maybe yeah. it's integrating your music in a healing way. Yeah. I even see okay. writing. I, I feel like you could even write like e-books or, or you could do children's books or a children's music book or PDF book. I, I feel like there's something I, – I, I see hand movement. So you're definitely energy work, not just massage. You do have a gift with your hands. There's a lot of energy, I, yeah, feeling I energy do. in your hands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, I – yeah, I, you're totally right. I feel like I'm I'm – I'm kind of on the precipice of this, something like I, I did massage before and I've always, you know, was doing my own kind of energy work with it. But I feel like I do need to take the, my abilities to the next level in some way, yep. shape or form. So that does resonate. I mean, yes, I'm also a musician and I'm really I'm really into health and holistic health 
uh, in general, and I'm trying to toy with ideas of, like, I don't want to become, like, a nutritionist or dietitian. I don't want to have to go back to school for anything. But, yeah. so, yeah, I'm kind of churning all of this in my mind. Uh, yeah. Well, you could take your daily, your routine or your life or lifestyle and start posting about that and become an expert in your own right by your life wisdom mm-hmm. and choices. Mm-hmm. We don't always have to go back to school. And those people, like if you take certain herbs or supplements, you can just say this is what I take or what I right. have found works. There's ways around right. that. So, um, But I feel almost like you need to kind of, it's like packaging yourself differently to get out there mm-hmm. more. So maybe it is your health and fitness and, you know, posting about that more. Um, I mean, years okay. ago I knew a guy that, that – saying affirmations and he made a lot of money and he every every conference whole life x he was always there scott Kalikstein, i think was his name and i hmm. met him in my travels of, of facilitating workshops but anyway i feel for you especially with that aquarius rising it's time for you to think out of the box so what i want you to start doing now you could do it two ways one is Put your arms in, directly out in front of you, like eye level, right? And you've got your, mm-hmm. your hands, are fa- both hands are facing each other, and that's your viewpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to think about what it is you, you know, want to do or could do or even think of your you know, lifestyle, how you want to live, or just the different things that you do. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to move the hands apart, the hands and arms apart, so you're going to widen your viewpoint, and you're going to okay. just do that every now and then. Why? Because what's happening is you're you're looking at a narrow band with um, or narrow band of what's possible or how to package what you do, how to do what you do. And yeah, this, this level so right of soul that. alignment, <laughs> yeah, it's about mixing things that don't seem to mix. My God, I was yeah. a model. I was on covers of magazines and and a psychic, a psychic channel. Yeah, and doing yeah. astrology. Showing up, not this this year, you know, three years ago since 2020, that wouldn't be such a shock. But when I was modeling, I had people telling me, my agents saying, you're going to scare people. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm going to talk mm-hmm. about it. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And people would yeah. say, how can you model and be psychic? How can you heal people and be psychic? Well, and be a model. Well, guess yeah. what? I am. So right. what? Right. <laughs> Just yes, walking. Totally. <laughs> I, I mean, that. I am. And, you, I'm doing it, aren't I? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's yes. time for people to widen their view, widen that view. Sometimes you can do I do when I look at a window, and I, I look on one side of the window, that's one view. This is actually a hypnotherapy or psychosynthesis process. And you look out the left side, that's a small view. Now you get in the center of the window, and you have a broader view. So all hmm. of us in this, this next level of soul unfoldment, this next level of connecting more to the soul, aligning to the soul, we're all going to be asked to widen, widen our yeah. what we think is possible for us and putting our right mix together. Yeah, you know? I feel that. Yeah. That's your, yeah, that's you right now, widening your yeah. viewpoint of life and what's possible and of yourself. And you put, you know, you may have six, seven streams of income. Maybe it's your singing. Maybe it's your writing songs with people. Maybe you're performing. Maybe you're doing massage and healing work. Maybe you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, astrology. That's another thing I pick up around you for some reason is astrology you'd be good at. 
So mm-hmm. I feel for you it's just widening. That's the creativity. That's true creativity. It's, it's creating yeah. the life that we enjoy that's fulfilling. Yeah. I feel this is like I feel so inspired by this because I, I, I am one of those people who's kind of full of seeming contradictions, you know, like and maybe that's my yeah. experience. But, um, Believe yeah. me, no, I've yeah. always, my, my, son, my son is in the 11th house. So, and I – it's like I all growing up, but I, it, for me, it didn't bother me, I guess, because I knew I was a star seed, and I was like, I did try sometimes mm. to fit in, but I still did everything I was doing. It was mostly other people. Well, why are, don't, people used to literally say, isn't it confusing for you that you do so many things? And I'd be like, no, it, it keeps yeah, my life yeah. interesting. Or how can you do so many things? Or though I swear to God, the one I always loved how can you be a model and you're so spiritual and you're so psychic? How can you do that? How can you be – you're an actor or a model. How can you do that and do this? Or You know, and I was like, wow, gang, I don't want to choose one over the other right now. I'm like – Right. So, we're yeah, all of it. Yeah. We're all of it. Exactly. If you have it within you and you love doing it, then that is you and you're thri- thriving at it. How you want to package it, how you want to put it together, whatever – in the human terms, brand it, you know, so brand mm-hmm. it, you know, I reinvent think, yeah, yourself. That's where I get a little tripped up, you know, and I need to not, probably not get in my head about that because I'm like just the whole, you know, you can, the whole social media aspect of things, like I've always really sort of like hid in a way because I'm just, uh, I don't there's so much about it that turns me off and yet I know that it's like there are ways that you can use it that are amazing and, and expansive, but... Yeah. Yeah. I totally get that because I'm like that. I mean, like on Twitter, I kind of rose up in that for some reason because I was doing talks at with um, you know, techies with technology company. I was doing keynote talks. So I got kind of mm-hmm. rose I, I, I don't know. They maybe they just thought I was odd and interesting, collected me, and right. just, you know, <laughs> helped me rise, but I can tell you, like, even with my Instagram, because I really, I agree with you, the surface part of social media I don't love, what I no. do or even like. What I do love, because I recognize, especially in the Aquarian age using technology, that social media is the training wheels for people to realize that we're all interconnected and that it is the vehicle for people to move more into soul expression, soul alignment, soul expression, soul experience. People just don't yeah. know it yet, a lot of people. So they're still, you know, posting from wounding and victim consciousness, following other people. But I, at one point, I don't know if people, you know, some people noticed because they asked me what was going on. But at one point, I think it was last year, for like a couple of years, I hardly posted anything on Instagram. In fact, I left it, I, I don't know, it was maybe a year or so. And because I got the message, I didn't have anything to say. And I really was going within, I was working with my guides, doing a lot of, tutorials for myself sessions i was doing a you know doing a lot of workshops and one session with the spiritual hierarchy and the oversouls because i know i'm supposed to get my you know the word out and share inspire uplift give the messages i receive from source and from this you know the oversouls mm-hmm. and in the session they go don't worry you're going to be doing little videos that's what they called it, little videos on Instagram. And I'm like, oh, well, I do videos on YouTube because I was putting more energy on YouTube. And I said, oh, okay, how am I going to do little vi- – oh, maybe – and I thought they were wrong. I'm like, oh, 
maybe (laughs) you know it's their big mistake and youtube they missed you know and then i started post now mind you i didn't know because i had not been on instagram i started posting i started tuning in with the guides and then i would get a message and then i did these little posts and i because i looked and i thought oh i can do a minute i okay this is what the message is and and I, lo- I love that. All of a sudden, they right, and they real some of them blew up a little bit, but I don't care, whatever. But, yeah, but anyway, I was telling a friend of mine, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just gonna do these little videos because I don't know, that's the message I got from the, my guides, and and they said, oh, reels, and I said, reels, what are reels? And they're like, oh, you haven't seen mm. the reels, and I go, no, and they go, they're little videos. Everybody's doing it, and I'm like, oh my god, I already got the message way before everybody started doing these reels. And then I went, I saw everybody shaking and dancing and like, oh, I'm a spiritual gangster. And I'm like, oh, God, oh, God. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's what I, I'm like, oh. Oh. It's so bad. It always starts off at the horrible level of of falsity. And, and, you know. But what I realized, I thought, I don't care. I'm doing my little slow voice, whatever I do, however I do it. If it rises and whoever it hits, it hits. Um, So, I look at it as this is my expression. I would do this anyway. I would hit that right. publish. I would hit that post button because I'm a writer. I'm an author. I'm a thinker. I'm a sharer. I'm a channeler. I would do it anyway. So for me, that's how I'm using it. So maybe you can find that within yourself. What is that? And use that medium. Because I got news for everybody. All of these little fly by night, they're going to be gone. They're going to be less and less and less because I'm going to tell you. And some of you that see my videos on Patreon, the, the predictions that I made about COVID, all the stuff that I predicted that ended up happening, the vaccine, vaccine passport, controlling, everything that's going, it is going to get so intense that if oh people are going to be going, oh, yeah, people are going to be going, oh, I don't need the fluff. Give me the what's the real deal. How do I do this? What do I do? How do I access my true self? How do I thrive? Mm. I've been trying everything else. Yeah, but it's good for the people that have really been doing the work. I'm looking at it going, yippee, because now the real soul can crack through beyond all this conditioning BS, all this identity politics, identity this, I'm a victim here, I'm a this and that happened to me, all this lower level stuff. Yeah, we're not going to have like, the time for that. Or, yeah, yeah. No, no. People are going yeah. to rise and shine, literally. Because when mm. we hit crises, which in, in Latin means choice, people, people get resourceful. We get re- a lot of great creativity has come out of crisis or transition or challenge or difficulty. That's when we get the best innovations and inventions. So you're going to see the, the little person. You're going to see, and, and those people that have been really doing it genuinely, you know, authentic, uh, all of a sudden they're going to be looking going, oh, my God, why is somebody asking me my opinion? It's like, yeah, because mm. you're ringing true. People are going right. to look for the truth because Aquarius has a lot to do with truth, right? Yeah. Aquarius yep. doesn't like BS. I have a friend that has Mercury in Aquarius, and she just, boom, says it like it is. She just, hmm. <laughs> it's like a Sag, <laughs> you know? It's like yeah. Mercury and Sag. It's like, you know. Um, <laughs> one like time, i got to tell you this. This was so funny. One time we were at this uh, film, not too long, a couple years ago, a film premiere, and for a very well-known film in the kind of, I don't know, New Thought, New A, I don't know. What, what, what was it? Was it the one with um, Lynn McTaggart? 
It wasn't that. It was, this one was just okay. a, a, not that long ago. Um, oh, God. It's just like a couple years ago. I can't think. I've got the book somewhere here. I don't see it. But anyway, so we're talking to this one. You know, this is all the who's who. We're ta- I, we're, she's talking to this woman. I was talking to someone else. I turn around and I walk over to join them. And all of a sudden, my friend turns and walks away. And I'm standing with this woman. I have no clue. And the woman looks at me, and I look at her, and I walk, uh, oh, excuse me. I say excuse me. My friend did not. Mercury Mercury in Aquarius, Sun in Aquarius, Venus in Aquarius. Mm, Mars, I think, in Aries. Yeah. And I walk over to her, and I said, what happened? What did you do? She goes, oh, that woman's an energy vampire. She's always pulling on my energy, you know, trying to get in my DMs. And I said, yeah, but you just walked away. She goes, yeah, I know. I didn't want to get into it. And I'm like, next time, would you give me a wink and not a heads up? I go, I'm just saying, like, what the hell? Oh, happen? my God. <laughs> oh, wow. That's her, though. She goes, no. Yeah. I, she goes, she, she goes, I just, every time I see her, I turn the other way. Or, you know. Wow. And <laughs> Well, and it's refreshing, too, because it's real. And, it's not, you know, most people yes. are not. Yes. Know. So there is. We all I, need I to learn a bit that. of that. Detach. Yeah, detach from outcomes and keeping it real. Yeah. Oh, all right, yeah. Owen. This has been oh, great. Thank you thank so you much for this calling awesome. in. Keep yes, listening. I think definitely. we have our our guest is calling in, and okay. um, yeah. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Uh, by the way, I love right. the um, oh. the reading video that I did it last night. The pick a card. Oh, cool. The twenty twenty four. Yeah, yeah. It was great. It was very. Oh, right on. cool, cool, cool. And did you do the numerology? Yeah. Not yet. I haven't done that one yet. Okay. But. That one's very short. Okay. I was just curious cool. what personal year you were in. All right. Very cool. Keep listening. We've got... Um, I'm, I'm at the one. I'm talking a one. About... It's my one year. Oh, you're a one. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Independence. So new beginnings. Yes. Branching <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, Michelle. You thank you so much. Because... All right. Bye. You're welcome. Bye. All right, gang. Time for our awakening dialogue. We have Kate Bone with us, creative consultant. We're going to be diving into creativity and um, really how to navigate a creative portal in your life. Hi, Kate. Welcome to the program. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. You are so welcome. It's great to have you here. Um, in That's, fact, this is a, go ahead. The first time I've in and I just love how you can sense so much about people just in like opening the line. It's incredible. Oh, thank you. I love it. I love. Yeah, I love doing readings. That's incredible. It's funny because sometimes we have other um, psychics we've had on, or or even astrologers, and they're like, uh, some want to do it, but a lot of them say, and we don't do readings. And one told me, I've been in this business thirty years and I've earned the right not to do readings, and I'm like, well. Yeah, you did, but I like doing readings. <laughs> I just think it's fun. Yeah. It's just, it's just, That's interesting. That's it's interesting. Just, I've earned the right to not do my gift. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, what the hell? I don't know. It raises your vibrational frequency, gets you all tingly, connects you to people. Um, now, I've got to say, we're going to jump in about you. I want to get your background, but I do have to tell you a little bit of a synchronicity because I've been – Really, and because I saw something that you wrote, um, something I've really been kind of pondering, contemplating um, with a lot of, you know, I have a lot of clients in the 
creative and if you heard what I was talking about. Um, but it's interesting. People that are trying to be more creative, there seems to be this issue or problem of pulling out, going within or just pulling out from what they're doing to see what is genuinely coming through for me. What do I need? It's, it is self-care, self-nurturing, but it's also the ability to like, what do you want to call reinvent, rebrand? If you're doing that, you have to pull out at some point. You have to pull out and reassess or feel things out or have new experiences or integrate your, think about your experiences, you know, before you kind of write the next pages of your book, so to speak. And you were, something I read, you kind of, you were touching on that. And I thought, oh God, we got to dive into that because we got to crack that code a bit for the the listeners. And this will go on YouTube later and the viewers how important it is for that to do that and my sense is you do do that by what i read about you and also with your background as an actress you know singer writer um and then developing wonder well you have to do that to have pivoted or integrated anything new yeah and what do you mean by pulling out like making yourself visible or what do you mean what I mean, what I see a lot of times is you have to, because you would change. I see it when mm. my, like, especially my A-list clients, celebrities, or, and, and, and bands that, you know, I work with or singers, songwriters, they'll tell me, they're like, oh, yeah, I've been on tour for a year or two years or two and a half years. And they're like, they pull out, they go, now I'm just, I'm not writing right now. I'm doing pottery or I'm painting or I'm working yeah. in the garden. They, they they have the force, and I'm like, why? And they tell me because i got to fill back up. And that, that's also with my actors. They're like, oh, yeah, fin-. they do all these films. They either change to another medium or they write about what they've done or they journal. Um, they have the ability to pull back and assess. Or they're like, oh, yeah, I was getting a lot of these roles. Yeah. And oh, gosh. That's yeah. what it, yes, what is that? What is that? They, we need, everyone needs to learn how to do that in this coming era. Yes. Yes. So there's a couple things in this. One of them is, yes, we need to, I think the biggest thing is that it's remembering how to begin again. And no matter, so like if you've been, you know, you've taken your craft or your creation and you've gone through the full creative cycle of dreaming it and planning it and creating it and releasing it and being in communion with the collective, sharing your work, being in the light, you've gone Mm. on that whole hero journey. Um, You have, you have to remember how to begin and be new at something because, you've honestly, you've gone through the creative process and now you're just kind of propping up the thing you made, which is one of the most exhausting parts of being an artist in the light, you know? And so, because a lot of times when I'm ready to release something or a film comes out, you know, it's like I filmed that like two years ago and I've learned so much since then and it's almost embarrassing. It's like, oh gosh, we have to go back and look at this. Like I've grown so much or even like by the time I'm yeah, it's so true. Thing, I'm just so over it. I've heard it a million times. And so there's nurturing things we need to do when we're in the release of something. And then okay. I, the way I 
also that it is like a season of nature. You need to go into winter and really nourish. I love that you mentioned self-care. And receive like who you've become by going on that creative journey and then get what journey you want to go on next. And a lot of times we need from the primary mediums that we work with. And it's funny that you mentioned pottery because I went to pottery. I got burnt out in music and I went to pottery. So there's something very practical about that. And then also when you work in mediums where – it's not there's not a really finite sense of like is it is the work done um when you work right. in tangible tactile things like i also got really into interior design and creating spaces it's so physical and tactile and with pottery it's so clear does the bowl hold water mm. or not <laughs> you know and so right right very <laughs> i love it that to fill the well and then we remember how to begin again and then we can take that freshness into our long-term love affair or our main mediums as an artist mm-hmm. now see what i find interesting is that artists know this creatives know this mm. i feel a lot of people in this new paradigm that we're co-creating it's requiring them, whether you want to call solo business or, or every entrepreneur, they're spiritual entrepreneur, soul entrepreneur. They, this, this is the age of the hybrid career. All these things that's been channeled like 10, 15, 20 years ago that now, you know, tech people the last few years, you know, have been putting together like, oh, this is the hybrid, not just jobs, but careers. With more of this, I call it metaphysical soul alignment, with, with all of this happening, what it's requiring people to do, especially having, you know, not only multiple streams of income, but people are awakening that they're more than what they are. But the training has been, sometimes through families, definitely through school, through the educational process, um, you pick one thing, you do one thing, and you keep doing it. And so it's very oh. hard for people to pivot, Right. Or you're mm-hmm. told, you know, you're confused. Feel Why are you trying to do more than one thing? Yeah. So there's this fear of pulling, you know, back or what you said. I love that you said um, learn to begin again and you're new at something. Now, see, for me, it excites me. Like when I started doing videos on just a few years ago on YouTube, I had my YouTube, but it was just to house, like, things that I did from workshops and stuff. I really wasn't doing anything. I even relish the mistakes. I'm like, oh my god, I'm leaving that on there, you know, <laughs> because I want to be, I want to find this authentic voice, this authentic part mm-hmm. of me. Yeah. So for me, it's not a big deal. I know that there's always this unfolding and this becoming. I never thought of it though. This what you said: learn to begin again and be new at something. I never looked at it that way. That is pretty powerful. Because I guess that is what we're we are doing. You're starting. You have yeah. everything else that you've already done, but you still are doing something new. If I'm hearing you, or starting new, or or is it a new way? Yeah, totally. And I also think that it's like a spiritual maturation in the sense that we're when we externalize our identity into like, oh well, I'm a lawyer. That's what I am. Yeah. It's like, well, not really. <laughs> Right, you exactly, exactly. So, so true. And my one of my acting teachers used to say something like, artists and creatives need to have a very high level of negative capability, the ability to be in mystery, uncertainty, and doubt. And that really is our superpower. 
And I think for anybody listening who is trying, who wants to follow like true inspiration, like, oh my gosh, I've been a lawyer for 20 years and now I want to write this book or now I want to start teaching this class or now I want to open a bakery. Like give yourself the gift of like having a Phoenix moment of like burning it down and then rising from the ash and doing something bold and being a beginner and Remind, and, and it's threatening, though, because it reminds people yeah. how much of life is a performance, how much of life is like an identity construct. And it reminds yeah. people like, oh, they are at choice. And even something so simple is like I remember when I just finished yoga school and I became a vegan for a few years, me doing that was so threatening to the people around me. And I did not understand it at the time. I was like 21. And I went to Thanksgiving and everyone was picking on me and saying like mean stuff about my choice to be vegan. And I figure out what it was. And then I realized through some growth and development that it's really just bringing awareness to people that they are actually making a choice. Like it's not like there's a default. Like they're making it, and same thing that yeah. happens when people get sober or this or that. Then all of a sudden, people get very defensive about how it's fine for them to drink alcohol or whatever. And it's like, look, whether you have to understand that every single day you're making a choice. And a lot of people get so entrenched in like the autopilot of like, well, I'll just keep doing this. But really, it takes so much neuroplasticity. It takes so much like openness. It takes so much like wonkiness of trying to figure things out and being messy and being a beginner and fumbling the bag a little bit um, to make a new choice. And making a new choice is incredibly liberating, but it's also very scary for a lot of people. And that's why a lot of people, as I'm sure you know, they'll stay with what's comfortable. They'll stay with what's known, even if it's painful, even if it's toxic, even if they want to die every day, they will stay in that because the, the the mystery, the unknown is is just a black hole, and that feels like death to them. So it's really a fear of, you know, if we want to take it all the way down to the bones, I feel like it's just a fear of death. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's so funny, and you said this, it's it's a choice, and it's just this identity people take on, and they, be, like you said, believe it's them. I had the opposite. I was vegetarian I think for 20 years and and then vegan for seven years and then all of a sudden my body wanted meat I got on this podcast people what how can you eat meat I thought you were vegan I thought you were vegetarian I got it the reverse everybody identifying yes yeah it was it was funny I was surprised by our desires get surprised by the inspiration and it doesn't even make sense to us and I feel like that's when you know it's good when you get the inspiration and you're like what why would I do that like I've been vegetarian for 20 years like why would I want meat and yet it keeps coming through of like okay we want to try it it's yeah the body's and now I'm shifting back but it was weird And, and I and then I ran into a lot of women that were going through hormonal you know changes perimenopause and they're like all of a sudden they just started eating and and Crohn's beautiful women I'd see at Whole Foods and they were at the and we started talking and then they would share their story and I'm like oh my god it's a thing it's it's mm. the body needing something you know it's really a thing um so I, yeah talk about that also as an artist cuz oh gosh we're going to have to have you back have more because I feel like <laughs> 
you're bridging something here with this um, mm-hmm. not to learn to begin again, be new at something, but also where so many people I see um, are at this point where something is being required of them that is something different, it is something new, but it doesn't, it's, I think really in a way it is living out that hero or hero's journey that Joseph Campbell talks about, but that is, that's becoming more predominant in people's lives, and I think they're starting to realize that, but they don't know what to do because it does require mm-hmm. what you're talking about, that beginning again or learning again. And isn't that the creative process, though? That's all we're yeah. doing when you create. If you create a new piece of pottery, you're beginning again. You can't put it yeah. on top of the old pottery, you know, the old jug or whatever you're creating, the old, the old um, you know, sculpture. You begin a new one. What is that? What do you think would help people in that thought process or to start reorientating their mind to that so we can change that neuroplasticity, you know, use the neuroplasticity to make those, you know, neural changes? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's this feeling of, like, you get to create your life. And it was exactly what you just said with the previous caller about, like, oh, that's actual true creativity is, like, you get to create your life. Um, mm. And I think, like, yeah. So there's that. And it's, and I think that's what artists remind people. Like when we see an artist do something bold or, you know, bring something from the imagination into the realm, like they remind people how we are at choice. We remind people that like your weirdness is your magic. We remind people uh, to take in, you know, the phenomena of existence. The, The artist brain is the right side of the brain and it's the sensory brain. So touch, taste, sound, um, smell, sight, really nourishing those five senses is vital to awakening your creativity. Um, so I do a lot of that with folks in terms, and, and it's easy, you know, it's simple. It's like, oh, just like be present while you're eating the meal and like nourish yourself, you know, really pay attention to the textures and all of that. Um but I, another thing that I find we, we just have to have a conversation about in terms of beginning again is what perfectionism and what it does and what it's a tool for and how to mm. open up the other side of perfectionism, which is authenticity and vulnerability. So mm. everything's on a spectrum, and on one side we've got perfectionism, and then on the other side we've got that raw, vulnerable authenticity. And we have to remember that perfectionism is a tool of, ultimately it's a tool of um, anti-creativity, and it's a tool of Mm -hmm. so many things that are not inclusive, that that do not value biodiversity, that do not really go with the laws of nature. And so we have to understand that perfectionism is not a thing. It's a tool that's used to control people. And um, mm. there is absolutely no place for per- perfectionism literally anywhere. Um, and Brian yeah. Brown's book, Imperfection, was a huge game changer shift for me, and we did it within our creative community together. And it's it just – 
it really opened up the door for me where instead of like when I would put myself out there and try something new and step into the light and offer something up and share my work or my writing or whatever it is, and I would come home and be like, ooh, I wonder what they thought about it, and ooh, I wonder if it's going to land the right way, or ooh, I wonder if this is going to make me money, or X, Y, Z, whatever. Um, Those are not the right questions to ask. The right question to ask is, was that authentic? Was yeah. that that's why I'm saying when I started the videos, because I, I think, again, if with self-awareness, people will, can begin to know where you're having that limitation or that control. And usually, I agree with you, perfectionism, a lot of times, it's an outside mechanism that we've internalized. Um, mm, yeah. And I don't know if you see it with the people that you work with, but I have a, you know quite a few people that I'm like, just leave the little typo, or if there's a typo, so what? Just get comfortable with something is a little off or a little undone or the possibility of that. It's so freeing. I mean, I hope the people listening, it is so free. Now, mind you, you want to have good quality of work, like maybe good lighting, yeah. good this, good that. It's not about the typo or this or that. It's about, like, the is it working? Like, is am I saying what I'm trying to say? Not like uh-huh. does it look like what they do or, oh, you know, a lot of times like people can't even define it, like what the perfectionism is. And it's just we just have to ask, is it working? Is it conveying the mes- message? Oftentimes I give yeah. people the image of, of a water table in terms of their creativity. You know, those like little water tables where little toddlers will have like cups and boats and then they have this mechanism where they pour the water in the top of this structure and it goes down and it trickles into a bucket. And then when the bucket fills up, it spills out onto a water slide and then it goes down a ladder and then the water spills out into the bottom and then they can scoop it up again and play with it. That's like the creative process. And so what we look for are leaks. You know, the water is the creativity inspiration and it's meant to cycle. It's meant to move. If it doesn't cycle and move, that water is going to be gross. If you didn't clean off, like uh-huh. the, if, you, if it's not moving, it's probably toxic. So we got to get things moving. And then we also need to see, like, where is their misalignment of, like, oh, the water's shooting out over here. Like, we want to capture it and cultivate it and take it on this journey so that it can flow through the structures. And um, so we'll patch, you know, patch for leaks of like, oh, things are spewing out over here. But what we're looking for is, does it, is it working? Is everything plugged in right to turn that little um, wheel, you know, that little water wheel? Is everything working so that the water hits here and it goes down the ladder and I'm getting the effect I, I want? I'm harnessing the, the raw creative energy in a way that, can be metabolized in a way that could be shared in a way that could be received from other people in a way that is enjoyable and makes sense and reflects humanity back to itself and reminds us that we're here to feel and connect and grow and evolve as a species. Mm. Beautiful. It, it, to me, it all what you're sharing, it's, it sounds like it's all about this evolution, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I believe that we get, or just what I've seen, you know, it's not even like a belief system. It's just my experiences yeah. that yeah. there is a biological intelligence for desire. Oh, so maybe that might be yes. useful for people all of a sudden have, like, an inspiration to do something, and they're like, what the hell is this about? 
Um, there's a biological intelligence for desire, that desire to do pottery or that desire to make an album of saxophone music or that desire to do a one-woman show about your middle school experience being bullied. Like that desire is here to take you on a journey so that you can become a deeper, more authentic, more vulnerable version of yourself. It's here to help you become. It's here to help you transform and evolve. And that's what I, after facilitating like 150 people through the artist way, I, I channeled the philosophy of Wonderwell, which is embody, connect, create, release, evolve. The creative cycle is here to help us evolve. It's, that's what it's for. And the desire to do it and because it's the desire of creation it's why procreation is the strongest energy field in the human body that second chakra creative center to procreate it's the strongest energy field it is the chief commander of our chi so whether that's going to go into like a human life or creating an actual human life or it's going to go into creation that is your strongest most potent energy field in the body because what do we do when we have offspring we evolve we adapt those traits are passed on we're all descendants of survivors of people who had to adapt of people who had to integrate the challenges of their reality update to survive we are all descendants of survivors and so yeah it's evolution (laughs) and it's evolution through creation yeah and the, it, what's so interesting with that as well is that it's, to me, it's the ability to reclaim the desire body, the ability to desire. We, you know, people have been taught that your desires, there's something wrong, your emotions, your energy in motion. And so reclaiming that, as well as like what you said internally, the, the intuition, the body wisdom or intuition, and to listen to that. Um, you know what, Kate, as you were talking, I'm getting this, this image, um, and I've probably seen it before, but it's like, a, you know, the the idea that we are these instruments for the soul. So let's say like the guitar this, in the strings, you know, or put yeah. piano strings. But I'm literally seeing like someone's body in the shape of the guitar. Mm. And it's like connect, right? It's connecting back with that tone, our own tone our own sound our own frequency our you know our own even our own image you know our own embodiment of spirit of source and Mm. once we do right then we connect to that authenticity to create that's so funny you say that you're so psychic because why did you just draw something like that or something well, no, I just, you know, I, I, you probably know, but I play guitar and... Um, oh, no, I didn't know that. No. <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah, so I play guitar and um, it's just funny that you say that because a lot of what you also said earlier that I'm a bridge, which is true, a lot of what mm. I do work is helping people realize that their body is an instrument like, I say that all the time. Like, your body is an instrument. Keep it tuned. And Ooh, yes. When, when you tune a guitar, your body, they've done studies where they've put electrodes on people as they're tuning a guitar, and your body comes into resonance 
And when you tune in front of like a whole room, everybody's body somehow energetically comes into a resonance, comes into an alignment through that sound vibration, feeling that alignment. And so a lot of what what was a big question mark for me for a long time because I went to acting school at UCLA when I was 17 years old and right around that same time got introduced to the path of yoga and for like a decade like lived two very different lives. Like I was Mm -hmm. working, you know, I, I was taking acting class and auditioning and rehearsing with my band at night and writing my morning pages in the morning and, you know, going to my improv class and then going out for drinks with everybody afterwards. And then I'm waking up at 7am and teaching a yoga class. And um, I think the pinnacle of it was I was doing a Shakespeare play. Um, I was doing Taming of the Shrew and I was playing Kate. So I was playing the Shrew. Oh, and wow. it was okay. It was being done as a BDSM love story in a tiny little black box theater in Hollywood. Ah, so I'm doing this, like, very charged, like, Shakespearean play at night. And I was also in my second yoga teacher training, which we would do asana and practice for, like, six hours a day. (laughs) So I was, like, I was in there with bridging it all. Yeah, bridging it all, and then I would come home from the theater at night, and everybody else would go out for drinks, and I was tapped out because not only had I done six hours of asana that day, but I was also getting, like, whipped and spanked on stage. So I would have to go home and just take salt baths because that was the only thing to, like, keep my energy and keep my body taken care of during that time, and And then for a while, I just thought, like, oh, I'm living in these two different worlds. And then after about a decade of straddling those two worlds, the roads came back together. And I was like, oh, it's about activating the artist body. It's about – I love that you said waking up the desire body, which is waking up that sensory – You know, waking up, like, ooh, the the texture. Yeah. You just – you say the word desire. You say the word sensuality, and just so much comes up for people. But, like – I'm pretty sure since we're in these bodies, we're here to have a sensory experience. <laughs> so could yes. we maybe like allow ourselves to have that? And um, yeah, not just for artists, for all of us to soak up this, the of senses us. of being fully here in our in our human bodies. Yeah, I think oh, what I my well from channeling but also research i've done this was a way to control because even even a lot of religions even buddhism hinduism it's all about not listening to the body escaping the body the body is the problem you know mm-hmm. but once you get into that body wisdom and you embody consciousness fully more and more fully and embody the higher dimensional consciousness or you know new emerging consciousness. So you're, you pretty much become unstoppable. I think that's why books get burned or you can look in times where, you know, books or you, art, mm. music was controlled because mm. the artist, it, you're tapping into raw source energy and that desire to create, to procreate an image, um, which is the highest Form. A lot of people think it's creating a baby, but really the highest form of creativity is the is the your procreation yourself every day through your actions or what you're doing. You're replicating yourself. We think of this birth, right? Oh. It, you know, I replicate myself through birth. Yeah, but that. Well, think about it. When you're creating something continually, 
and you have that awareness being as a creator, you are affecting change yeah. on the earth, right? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty powerful. Yeah. And we look at some of the greatest artists in the world. I mean, I was thinking the other day about I always give thanks to Wozniak, Jobs, whoever else was there, but I know what, that start, the iPhone. Yeah. That opened up so much creativity and apps, um, the ability, you know, to take pictures, download, to communicate. Now, anything people are going to take, obviously, if, if they're not really connected to their inner being and soul, yeah, they're, they're gonna, it, they're, there's an addictive quality to it. But I think of some things that I wanted to do as an artist, like I do digital, digital collage. There's things that mm-hmm. I'm able to do now that I couldn't do before or it would be too cumbersome or it was beyond, frankly, beyond my, my skill set, you know, my, my training. So I think that, you know, it can open some doors. And that desire body is our passion, our passion, our purpose. It's the soul operates by desire. And you said it earlier mm. by what is it that you're like kind of nudged or wanting to go. So I feel like a lot of people's, yeah, the desire body has been stultified. It's been stagnant. Some yeah. People, it's like, so many, right? Many, so, yeah, and it's, it's so interesting because the deeper I go into study, the more I realize how much, like, like just just take the system of yoga, for example, how much it has been modified and contorted for a Western agenda. <laughs> like, mm. It's like a yeah. And once you go deeper past like what you're going to find at the like trendy yoga studio in your neighborhood that blasts <laughs> all types of music yeah. or whatever that's just that, that's just a very derivative form of like an entire system for transformation like we do one of the well, limbs of yoga yes and no yes and no because i did study hinduism and buddhism and i went to india and i lived in an ashram when you study the mm-hmm. scriptures i agree with mm-hmm. you about the yoga it became very you know like this whole like i don't know what was it called power yoga and all that it was very you know surface but a mm-hmm. lot not People think of like, you know, the the body or even women being um, marginalized. Like they think, okay, well, Christianity, Catholicism, Mormon, yeah, Islam. Patriarchy. I feel like that's yeah, but this, but the but the scriptures, the scriptures, and maybe that'll change in the next thousand years. But the scriptures of Buddhism. I mean, I had to cross the street. I couldn't walk by the monk, but the people that were the guide we had, because I would set them back. Women aren't allowed to hand them, you know, food or money. They have to go from a go-between. Same with Hinduism. I mean, there's certain things, wife burning. I mean, there's certain things that happen that people don't want to talk about. So that's more mm. what I'm talking about. That is, When you get into the higher levels of learning, it's all about samadhi, which is great, oneness, samadhi. But it's all mm-hmm. you're taught that the meditation, you're escaping the limitations of the body. And mm. so I feel that was all about like, control. That, that and I'm... But why would we do that while we're alive? Like, why would we do that while we're in a well, body? Well, Kate, I, one day I woke up and I, that's what I realized. I thought, what the hell? If I'm on earth and I have a body and I have feelings, hmm. but, they, but they have this idea that your feelings, the body and the feelings that come from that are bad. And so those religions, which I feel over, they'll get overhauled at some point, but 
yeah so mm-hmm. it's weird but but that entrainment is kind it's in the fabric of our being in our society that people get this messaging that the body the is body. bad Yes, to deny the body or the feelings in the body. Or gluttony or this or that. Yeah. When I think to a certain extent, like if we talk about brahmacharya, which which in some ways it's translated as um, a withdrawal from doing any sort of sex sex or sexual activity. Yeah, the sense. But one way, yes, one way to interpret it also is just a wise use of that energy. And so I think there is a, in enlightenment practices, which I would, I'm pretty sure that Buddhism would be considered an enlightenment practice. It's, it's that upward moving energy of like, let's pull all that that's at the base and let's go up and let's get a bigger perspective on everything. And yeah, that might require some time of abstaining from certain activities and things like that so that you can actually feel your energy but then whatever goes up has to come down so then it's like come back down into the body now that yeah, we've got I think that's that's, that's, that's yet to come energy. yeah come that's back down yet to come because yeah I I think that um I think that that's going to be the transformation of the let's say founding religions is that they they they're going to have to at some point reintegrate the body. The body. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think that's part of the awakening because the my understanding from work at my guides is the, the 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 body and even it shows in astrology with Uranus when it went into Taurus um, for this last you know I don't know what is it fifteen years uh, or eight years um, is all about the body embodiment and we cannot get to the next level of consciousness and, and soul play, so to speak, unless we Im- embody the new emerging consciousness within the whole body or recognize that it's yeah. in the whole body, not just in the head or upper chakras, you know. Maybe you get a little kundalini. Maybe you get a little thing with the body with the kundalini awakening, but then, boom, you better go back up to the seventh chakra and above. You know, it's like... Don't yeah. stay in the lower chakras too much, you know. It's, it's, it's so funny you say that. I love that you're saying that, and I do think embodiment is the next frontier. And it's so funny that you say that because I just went through a big, what I would call it, a phoenix year, a facing off of the mm-hmm. shadow year. Um, and a lot of synchronicities happened that moved me from Los Angeles down to the southeast. I moved to Atlanta, Georgia. And the synchronicities oh, wow. around it, the story around it is wild. Um, but the thing that happened here in the move was just a real, um, I had to essentially really clarify what I was doing. Like it was the integration year, like I said, about how I'd been straddling those two worlds of the creative expression and healing, transformation, um, wellness practices, things like that. And And I kept getting this, like, deep fear coming up about the embodiment work because I saw that I didn't fit into the traditional, like, fitness, sculpture body space. And the new space of embodiment really is emerging right now. Like, there's barely anything out there. Uh, And I've had the privilege of working with a lot of cutting edge teachers who like nobody even knows about because they're just like, Mm -hmm. those are a lot of times the best that 
Those are the you ones know? I go for, the ones that hardly anybody know. Yeah. Nobody knows about them, and they're they're leading these embodiment, these movement modalities that if I tried to explain it to somebody, they'd be like, what are you talking about, right? Like, it's not an aerobics class, okay? <laughs> it's like right. deep, you know, open form movement and all these things and continuum movement and things like that. But I, I just kept getting this big fear coming up of, like, you can't do embodiment, you can't do embodiment, you can't do embodiment. And I was like really struggling and I couldn't move forward with it and I teach yoga and meditation for some companies and I was noticing the way I needed to program for them to make it accessible but then also my creative path is Mm. taking me in a very different direction of like just be in your artist body like be in the creator body like what's like the essence the max your presence that you want to bring through and like developing all these practices for that and so all that's emerging I had no idea how to like integrate it and I realized that it was what you're talking about. It's like you were, how you said, like, the books, that's why books are burned. And I think it was like a wound yeah. where it's like, oh, girl, you're doing something way outside the lines that there are so many mechanisms in place so that women like you don't facilitate this work in the world. <laughs> like, mm, it's needed. And then having Kate, to, like, needed. Anyways, you know, choose it anyways in face of the fear, in face of the shadow, all of that, and be like, nope, this is what I'm doing. And it's so interesting because the more and more I do it and the more I commit to developing these frameworks and these practices and sharing them with my creative community, the more I'm like, oh, this is happening. And the more I start to see it other places and I'm starting to find, like, I don't even, like, for a while I didn't even know how to talk about my work. Like, I just was like, mm. I, the words were not even there because there's no reference point for it. But then when I speak to people like you who kind of understand what what movements are happening in the greater cosmic sort of cultural order, um, yeah. I feel a lot less sane. <laughs> Why? And you know what I have found? Because, and one of my teachers explained it this way, that if you really are aligning to your soul, you're living authentically, it is hard to explain because you're constantly unfolding, and it's a magic to yeah. you. It's exciting to you. Like, oh, now I'm doing this, or oh, I'm going here. Oh, I feel this. I'm drawn here. So yeah. I totally get it that it's hard to, you know, explain. Um, I always ask people. I ask my friends or clients that I work with or people that take my workshops. I'm like, what did I do? Or what do I actually do? You know, I've out over the years because I don't know. I, I just kind of. It's so funny that you show- I literally just redid the Wonderwell website and I like needed to call two women who have been in my space for a long time and I was like, What do I do again? Like why is this important? Like what Yeah, that's how you know you're the real deal. I mean, it's not prefab. It's not like this before you know, it's like and you're finding your way. It's just beautiful. And I always think, yeah, otherwise it'd be so boring on earth if you're just packaged and you just know everything, you know, that you do and about yourself. I mean, we have to be excited, too, about what we do or what we come up with or how we help people or inspire people or affect change. It's, yeah, I think that keeps the journey. That's a beautiful co-creation. Like, I definitely couldn't create this in a vacuum, you know. It's all a co-creation, whether we're creating just yeah. with, like, the elements of universe or with work creating within our community and like I think the questions are such a great um, leading point like again for anybody who is wanting to create something new or trying to create something new like what questions do you have like what questions keep coming up in your creative in your communities 
you know, where do you see the gaps of like, okay, so I went and I learned this very specific thing, you know, maybe it is a very well-developed framework. Like, I love a good well-developed framework. I love practices that have been around for a long time and, like, you know, those those age-old meditation practices, those age-old yoga practices. Like, there's something to be said for something that has been practiced a lot, and that could be law. That could be medicine. You know, there's just you're in mm-hmm. a lineage, and, and having different lineages is it, so important, but also knowing where, okay, where does that leave off? And now we need to, like, keep like continuing the future of medicine, yeah. the future awe, the future of movement modalities, the future of, um, you know, our, our creative commerce space, the commercial creative yeah. space needs a big update. Like I'm an actor oh, yeah. and I just went last year being like, hey, guys, how are we going to make this sustainable and regenerative? Because people like Netflix helped people get through the pandemic, like, if we don't have stories, if we don't have a collective campfire to have story and to have learnings through art, it, we're, it's going to go off the rails. Like, there's a reason why, as humans, we were painting on the walls of caves before we had a reliable food source. There's a reason why we would come around the fire and chant and sing and drum and dance. It's actually vital to our species yeah. and our survival because we're all connected and we all need a way to organize the chaos of life. The, this chaos phenomena of like, why is this happening? My neighbor's doing this. This is what's going on in the community. Oh my gosh, this tragedy just happened in this family. How do we reconcile it? We reconcile it through story, through archetypes, through poetry, through music. And Ethan Hawke has a really beautiful um, talk about this where he says, you know, a lot of people might be like, well, what's the point of poetry? You know, that doesn't really do anything. And then somebody very close to them dies. And it's like this poem mm. is the only thing that is helping them make sense of that moment. And then in, in that moment it clicks. And this even just happened in my own life. I went into a dark space last year. It was a very dark time last year where I, you know, I'd come off this decade of just the Hollywood hamster wheel and like working like 16 hour days every day and doing all the things and teaching and rehearsing and auditioning and, you know, and it all paid off in amazing ways. And I got to go to Sundance with a film I was in and I got booked on this Netflix movie Mm, and all these different things. And, you know, just all these peak sort of creative moments where I could see like, Oh yeah, the work, like if you do the work, and you pay attention and you keep doing the work and you keep adjusting to what's needed, you will break through and you will arrive because that's just how it goes. But I had also, you know, when you reach a certain peak of, of success or a metric or a, even a goal, there's a disillusionment there. There's a goal hangover there. Yeah. And that's you, right. You know, yep. yeah. So with music, like I was in a very dark place with music where I was like, just not really trusting my sound, thinking I wasn't smart enough, I wasn't technically, you know, um, skilled enough, you know, I, I, what, you know, what good is this music, whatever. And I've got all this music that's out online under my maiden name that I'm like, oh, that's all terrible. Like, what am I doing? You know, I need to make the new thing, but I don't have the resources, you know, just being in that artist spiral. And in the wake of that, somebody very close to me, their father passed away suddenly and tragically and during that time, I had tried to reach out to them a few times, and they 
and I just was not really finding an opening. And I was doing all the things I knew to do with somebody who's grieving, like, you know, how can I help? Right. Like, I could do I could do Y, I could do Z, like, let me know if either of these will work instead of just, like, let me know what you need, you know. So I was, like, kind of really trying to reach out and be, like, do you want to talk? Like, what would be helpful? Should I just send money for, you know, food to be sent to your house? You know, what do we need here in the grieving process? And I didn't even hear it through them. I heard it through somebody else that they had been listening to one of my songs that I put out, like, seven years ago. It's called The Old Man Mm. and His Daughter. And it really is about, like, the life lessons we receive from our father and, you know, the cycle of life and how people live on through us. And I found out that this person had been listening to my song over and over and over and even put a line of that song into their eulogy. And it's just, like, there's ways that we're helping people as artists that we have no idea about. No idea. Yeah. Oh, she ended up telling me eventually when we were in person together but I heard it through somebody else first, and I'm like, see, we don't know. And especially in the digital age, you know, we don't know who our work is reaching. Um, we don't know who needs it. And we might, because of the, the mechanisms where it's difficult to get a feedback loop from our audience when we're putting things out on social media, and some of you listening to this right, right now, you might be putting your art out on social media. You might be putting it out into what I like to call the black hole of the Internet. And yeah. Not feeling like in getting four views or five views or this or that and just feeling like, oh, this is pointless. But you actually don't know who it's reaching and how it's impacting them unless we open ourselves up to like, hey, like, tell me, how is this reaching you? You know, we, we those feedback loops are not really there yet. And as humans, we're not meant to create in a vacuum. We're not meant to, we are, as artists, we are service workers. And so we need to have that feedback loop. And, you know, if you are putting your art out into the black hole of the Internet, just know that NASA last year found that a black hole literally gave birth to a star. So just know all (laughs) that energy is going somewhere. (laughs) That's right. I love that. Oh, my gosh, Kate. Okay, we're – out of time for today. Wow. I have so enjoyed this conversation with you. I I know it's inspired so many. I feel inspired. I feel uplifted. I feel like I've connected with a kindred soul and a kindred spirit. Love it. Um, let people know how they can uh, get in touch with you. And, yes, um, of course. Yeah. And it's also so in the description I'm- box. Okay, great. Well, this has been such a treat. And yeah, we will definitely have to continue the conversation. And I can't wait to go and listen to more of your talk. This is amazing. Um, so yes, you can find me at wonderwellcreative.com. That is the site for the creative, magical transformations that are happening. You can find me on Instagram and on TikTok at wonderwell.creative. And then if you want to follow me and my artist journey as an actor and a singer and a writer, you can follow me at Kate Bone, like a bone in your body. And it's Kate, K-A-T-E, underscore, 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 bone. <laughs> That's it. Okay, perfect. All right, Kate, you really take care. Shine bright as you are. You're just an amazing being, and it's really great to connect with you. Take good care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. 
Hey, Solite, woo, that was great. Okay, catch the replay, lots of goodies in there. Um, also, the beginning of the podcast, I dived into, a well, little dive, little little dive, mini dive uh, into Pluto and Aquarius, uh, how it's going to affect the um, by your ascendant, okay, your ascendant or rising sign, what house that it is um, going to be impacting you, what part of your life will be most impacted. Um, just a little mini, little mini dive. All right, gang, as always, continue to shine your light, share your insights, and keep awake, and I will see you next week. I'm getting Awakenings broadcast every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Archive shows available on iTunes. For continued awakened conversations and insights, join the Awakenings group on Facebook. And check out Michelle's blog at soulplayground.com. And keep awake. Are you awake?